If you're a Christian, pessimism doesn't make you a realist because it is not an honest conclusion after looking at reality, if by reality you include the promises of God. Pessimism makes you a questioner of God's character because he's promised things are going to work out in the end. We can be reasonably optimistic about the ultimate future, but I think even in the day-to-day, we should have a, a general positivity that a God who is for us, who is on our side, who cares about our growth and cares about even whether we eat or drink or how we are dressed today, he cares enough to superintend the details of our life. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about optimism. You know, there is plenty to be worried about these days, whether it's finances or your health or relationships or the future, current events. I mean, a lot of people are worried about AI taking over, ruining people's jobs. You know, as I'm recording this, just this um, week, a couple of banks collapsed. It's, It's scary stuff, right? And so there's a lot of reasons that people are pessimistic. But what I want to do in this episode is make uh, a case for being an optimist and really try to show that it's more than just a personality trait or a mood that optimism for Christians should genuinely characterize how we view the world. And so I'm going to make a a couple of cases. We're going to talk about the practical case for optimism, how this relates to productivity, why it's such a really helpful trait to cultivate in yourself. Just practically, there are benefits for your life. And then I'm going to make a biblical argument why this is not just pragmatically a good thing to be optimistic, but you ought to be optimistic as a feature of your faith. Okay, so we're going to deal with that. I think this episode, it's probably going to go a bit longer. So I'm going to forego our question of the week and our productivity tip of the week and just try to focus on the main topic for this one. Hope that's okay. Uh, But let's get into it. So when we talk about optimism, or specifically when we talk about worry, like I brought up some of these examples of worry, the, the first place you go as a Christian is you think, well, you know, the Bible does address anxiety, right? Of course, you have Jesus addressing it. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, right? So Jesus makes a case that we shouldn't worry. And the context of that actually is, you know, this larger passage in Matthew 6, where he's saying, don't be anxious about your life, you know, in specifically the things that he will provide for you. You shouldn't be anxious about what you eat or drink or what you're going to wear because God knows those things and anxiety, worry about this stuff doesn't actually produce anything good. He says, which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? And so there's a fruitlessness to being anxious. And the main point though, is that God who takes care of little things like the grass of the field or the birds of the air, he is going to take care of you. He cares about you more than he cares about birds, cares about you more than he cares about grass. He will provide for you. And so the concluding thought was the one that that we just looked at here, which is verse 34, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. It's going to be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So 
Of course, we can go there and we can talk about anxiety and worry in that regard. But I see worry and anxiety as sort of a subset of a pessimistic outlook, right? You worry when you think things are going to go bad, right? When you anticipate bad things happening. I don't know where I'm going to eat tomorrow. I don't know what clothes I'm going to wear. I don't know what's going to happen with my family or with the economy or with my business, right? And so all of that is a subset of a pessimistic outlook or basically having a a negative view of the future. And those are the two things I want to set in opposition to each other today, a negative view of the future and a positive one. Because there are, um, I think, within Christian circles, a lot of Christian pessimists. And so I I might step on a a few toes here, but I want to address this because that's really the heart of my concern here is I don't think Christians should be pessimists. I don't think we should be uh, evangelical Eeyores, right? You remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Speaking of AI, I hate this image with AI. If you're watching the YouTube version, it's an Eeyore looking all depressed, holding a Bible. If you're not familiar, Eeyore is a character from Winnie the Pooh, and he has a very negative outlook. He's always, woe is me, oh bother, that kind of thing. And I think a lot of Christians have that outlook, and I think it's not appropriate. And as we'll see in a minute, it's unproductive. It doesn't actually do you any good and it's not grounded in God's word. In fact, you know, as long as we're stepping on toes, I'll be more direct with this. One of the reasons I mentioned a few episodes ago that I'm, I'm still on Twitter, but I don't actually follow anyone. I'm actually consuming stuff on Twitter. This was a major reason I actually got off Twitter is the negativity. And I know that sounds lame. That sounds all woo-woo, like, I don't want your negativity. That's not what I mean. I mean, specifically, Christians on Twitter, people I know, people I care about, especially who are in my theological camp, Reformed Christians, constant negativity. Now, there's few exceptions on there. There are there are people who are speaking truth, and I don't think all negativity is bad. I do appreciate discernment. I do appreciate when Christians do call out false teaching, those kind of things. But at least for me, my feed, when I would get on there, it was a barrage of negativity, of pessimism, complaining about politics, complaining about eschatological positions, fighting over nuance about theology. Again, like in and of themselves, these things are important to debate, but it, it's frustrating to see that happen in public because it's not a great look, but it's also frustrating to me personally in that I'd get on Twitter and the, the people that I found encouraging and helpful were the exceptions in the Christian world. Very disappointing. So I, I think a lot of Christians really are these evangelical Eeyores. They think everything's going to get worse and they should have a negative outlook on everything. Let me add another caveat here because I'm going to get emails about this. Things politically may get worse. They seem to be getting worse from my perspective. Even within the church, I mean, Apostle Paul says thing, people will go from bad to worse right? There is, uh, even in my own eschatological view, I'm a, a premillennial dispensationalist. I do believe that the there is going to be a lot of bad before the good. But that doesn't stop me, and I'll show you why, from being an optimist. Generally, I'm optimistic about things, and I don't think it's a personality trait because I haven't always been this way. I think it's actually rooted in scripture and what I believe about God and his promises. Okay, so 
send me your emails. I also want to say one more caveat before we jump into it. What I'm not describing is us becoming um, like Pollyannas. I don't know if you ever saw this Disney movie, Pollyanna. This girl has like just a very positive outlook on the world. Um, annoyingly so. <laughs> so I'm not talking about that, this unreasonable optimism where we're just like, hey, buddy, you know, stick out your stiff upper lip. Everything's going to be looking up. You know, this unrealistic view of the world. I'm not talking about that either. I'm talking about a general optimism towards things that God is doing in this world that isn't constantly looking for the negative, isn't constantly looking for, oh, bother, what's the downside or when's the other shoe going to drop? I'm talking about being optimistic Christians. So, okay, let me make a little case here on the practical side, and I'll keep this short. Here's the practical case for Christians being optimistic. I think there's a a couple parts to this, right? So the first thing is optimism leads to perseverance. So one practical reason, one benefit to being an optimist is that optimistic people are more likely to continue striving, continue pushing ahead in the face of challenges or setbacks, right? If you are a pessimistic, the first sign of opposition to you, to whether it be a goal or a habit you're trying to build or something you're trying to do with your family, the first sign of opposition, basically you will take that as evidence that this thing is going to fail. And that's what happens if you're an opti- or a pessimist. Your outlook is negative. And so every bit of negative evidence, no matter how small, you see that as proof that you were right. This will never work out. And so you don't operate with perseverance. You give up way too fast, which when it comes to productivity, right, this is not a good thing. <laughs> if, you, if you are giving up in the face of the slightest inconvenience, you are not going to get things done. You are not going to reach your goals. You are not going to bear much fruit. It's just not going to happen. And that is largely a function of being a pessimist. So practically speaking, the first reason you should be an optimist is because optimism leads to perseverance. The second practical argument I would make is that optimism improves your health. And this is not a small thing, actually. And this has been proven time and time again. Optimistic people tend to have things like lower blood pressure, lower stress hormones, stronger immune systems. It's been shown again and again that there's a strong correlation between actual physical and even mental health to being an optimist. There's probably even a stronger one with mental health because in large measure, those things are more than just correlated. So optimism it leads to perseverance. Optimism improves your health. And third, optimism makes success more likely. So optimism, optimistic people are more likely to achieve their goals. They are more likely to find success in their endeavors. And I think this is related to number one, because they don't give up. They, they're, instead of thinking what could go wrong, they think what could go right. And, and, and I think that if you looked at people who did risky things like founders of startups, things like that, um, church planters, I would bet you that if you interviewed a hundred of them, 99 would be optimists. Why? Because I don't think they would do it unless they were optimists. If they assumed that there'd be a positive outcome for it. And they tended to be people who were like, yes, we can do this. This will work out. And so just very, very practically optimism is very useful as an outlook when it comes to your 
personal productivity, when it comes to your potential fruitfulness as a Christian. You want to be optimistic. There's tons of benefits to it. But practical reasons really aren't enough. You can't just say, oh, here's a bunch of practical reasons we should do it. Therefore, it's true. And that's what I want to address next here is I am not arguing that we should be illogically optimistic. I'm not arguing that because it works, therefore, it's true. That is the philosophy of pragmatism. The reason you should be optimistic, the reason you should believe anything in terms to philosophy of life, things like that is because the Bible tells me so the B I B L E. Yes, that's the book for me. So, uh, this next part, and this will make up the bulk of what we're going to talk about today is I want to provide a biblical case for optimism. So I don't just want to stop at the practical. I want to go further and say, there is a biblical case for you to not be an evangelical Eeyore also not to be a Pollyanna, but to be a reasonable, truly positive outlook, having believer in Jesus Christ. The first reason is this Christian optimism is logically rooted in the promises of God. Christian optimism is logically rooted in the promises of God. So I used to work with this guy, uh, way back in the day, um, in the two thousands and his name was Joe and Joe was just like a really interesting character. He was one of these people where if you asked him how he was doing, he would always answer honestly. He did not like, you know, the cultural thing of if, if someone says, hey, how are you doing? Uh, he w- he didn't just say, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. When he really wasn't, he would tell you, ah, not so good today. Didn't get a lot of sleep. The kids kept me up. I'm doing okay today. Or yeah, I really am doing really good. It's been a great morning so far. And so every time I'd, you know, come into work, first thing I'd be like, hey, how you doing this morning? And shame on me, but I sort of like was so trained just by our culture that I expected him to give me a one word answer. Fine. Good. Like I wasn't genuinely inquiring how he was doing, but he would always, to his credit, he would always pause and he'd think for a minute. He'd always look up and think, and then he'd say, you know, I think I'm doing good today. But one day my favorite answer he gave me is after I asked him how he was doing, he paused and he looked up and he said, I am reasonably happy today. (laughs) I thought that's like exactly the kind of answer a robot would give you. But I I, I loved that comment because reasonably happy is just a funny statement. But I think it applies here. Christian optimism is basically being reasonably positive, reasonably happy, reasonably joyful, reasonably optimistic. And that's my thought here is when I say that it's logically rooted in the promises of God, Christian optimism. What I mean is it's not irrational. It is not that Pollyanna thing. It's not just a mood or a personality type that should make us generally optimistic about things. It's our belief, our trust in the promises of God. We have a reasonable basis for being optimistic, even in the face of the real, very real troubles that follows. And we'll address that too. And this is why you know, the apostle Paul could say something like in Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. His point is that for Christians, 
ultimately, even the bad stuff is working together for your good. It works together for refining your faith. We read about in Peter, it works together ultimately for helping to shape you into more Christ-likeness. And it works together ultimately that in the end, all of these things are part of God's sovereign plan to bring glory to himself and ultimately to glorify us, those who are in Christ Jesus, who have put our faith in Christ. And so if you are a Christian, you can reasonably be optimistic. So a lot of times when you talk to people who are pessimists, they'll say, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. And what I would say is that if you are Christian, pessimism doesn't make you a realist. If you're a Christian, pessimism doesn't make you a realist because it is not an honest conclusion after looking at reality. If by reality, you include the promises of God. Pessimism makes you a questioner of God's character because he's promised things are going to work out in the end. And so when you walk around and say, nothing's ever going to work out, I started this business and it's just going to fail. Or I tried to plant that church. It just didn't work. Yeah, we might try to do family devotions as a family, but it's going to fail like every other plan I tried to do. And it's not going to work out. Nothing's going to be good in the end. I don't think that that is the right outlook for a Christian. We can be reasonably optimistic about the ultimate future, which we'll talk about next. But I think even in the day-to-day, we should have a, a general positivity that a God who is for us, who is on our side, who cares about our growth and cares about even whether we eat or drink or how we are dressed today, he cares enough to superintend the details of our life. He is not out there to get you. He's not out there trying to wallop you. He is on your side. More on that in just a minute, but first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. Pornography is not a comfortable subject, but did you know that seven out of 10 men and one out of three women in the church today are struggling with pornography? It's the secret sin that no one wants to talk about. If porn is impacting your life or the life of someone you know, there is hope. You can begin a life of accountability and a journey toward freedom today. We all need biblical accountability, and by walking that path, you can have peace of mind knowing that you are not alone in the fight. And that is how Covenant Eyes actually works, through accountability. When you sign up, you will choose an ally who will receive your device reports and walk with you toward a life free from porn and the life that God desires for you. You can try Covenant Eyes free for 30 days by visiting CovenantEyes.com and entering the promo code ROSE at checkout. That's R-O-S-E. That's CovenantEyes.com, promo code ROSE at checkout. Don't let shame keep you from the life that God has for you. Take back your life, your marriage, and your relationships. Freedom and healing can begin today. Guys, do check out Covenant Eyes. It is an excellent uh, piece of software. It can go on all of your devices. It genuinely can help you through filtering stuff. And of course, most importantly, bringing someone else into your life, an ally who can see those reports from your devices and actually call you out on stuff. It, it's a Lust is a secret sin. It's so easy to hide it these days. And the best disinfectant for that is sunlight. First, in bringing it before God in repentance. And second, bringing it before a brother or sister in Christ so that they can help shine that light into your life as well and say, hey, I, I can see those things that you're trying to do in secret. And just that little bit of accountability can help set you free. And uh, definitely recommend it. CovenantEyes.com, promo code ROSE to get that 30-day free trial. Okay, so we're talking about optimism 
And uh, I first made the logical case in the first half of this episode that Christians should be optimistic because there's actually some really practical benefits to it and leads to perseverance, leads to improved health, leads to success. If you want to be productive, it's going to be hard for you to get things done, big things, important things, if you have a really negative outlook. And then we've moved into the biblical case for optimism. It's not enough just that optimism practically can help you. What's really important is, is, is it biblical? Should we be optimistic? Uh, is there truth grounded in God's word that would encourage us to actually be people with a positive outlook on life and not always um, so negative about things? And the first case I made or point I made on the biblical case is that Christian optimism is logically rooted in the promises of God. And the second one is like it. It is that Christian optimism is anchored to an eternal hope. Christian optimism is anchored to an eternal hope. So what do I mean by that? Well, pessimists think that things are going to go from bad to worse. And I do think it's true that things probably will get better before they get worse in terms of God's timeline for the world. I know a lot of people listen to this don't share my my view on the end times. I am, like I said in the beginning, a premillennial dispensationalist. I do think that there's going to be a downward decline in the church and in the world at large before Christ returns. Some of you may be amillennialists or even a lot of postmillennialists are out there who think things are going to trend upward generally. I respectfully disagree, but uh, post my list, you should be even more optimistic. So you should really like this episode. But I think in spite of even my own eschatological view that things generally are going to get uh, worse in, in terms of the trajectory of the world, I still think we should be optimists. I still think we should be optimists. Why? Because like I said earlier, we have the promises of God. Even in your individual situation, things may get worse. I still think generally we should be characterized by hope, hope that things are going to get better because we have confidence that in the final analysis, when everything shakes out, ultimately things are going to be much, much better. We have an eternal hope. So we read about in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, the apostle Paul writes, therefore do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. His point and his encouragement to the Corinthians was even in the face of persecution, even in the face of pain, even in the face of setbacks, even really, really bad ones, you have a treasure waiting for you. There's an eternal weight of glory that is worth more than all of the worst that you'll face. We read elsewhere, Matthew 6, 19, that that treasure is kept safe for us in heaven from loss or ruin. You know, moth can't destroy it. Rust can't eat it up, vice versa. And it's imperishable. It's undefiled. It's not going to fade away. First Peter 1, 4. So all of these things that can happen to our earthly possessions or plans, um, ultimately, what is the thing that sustains our hope, even in the face of the worst catastrophes, is that that arc of God's promises, our, our destiny is floating within that, like, like in Noah's ark, floating safely atop the waters of even life's greatest floods. And so the Christian must never lose heart, 
even in the face of tremendous earthly loss. We should be able to say with Job, though he slay me, I will hope in him. And so my point is that if your faith is in Jesus Christ, you have an eternal hope. Your optimism anchored in an eternal hope. And so even the worst that life can throw at you is ultimately going to be any um, tendency towards pessimism that might engender in you is ultimately should be checked by a hope that is eternal, recognizing that in the end, everything is going to work out amazingly for you because of Jesus Christ. And so you should be an optimist. Okay. And the third and final biblical reason I would give why every Christian should be an optimist is that Christian optimism is what enables us to joyfully endure suffering. We kind of touched on that in the last one, but I want to just really put a fine point on this. Christian optimism enables us to joyfully endure suffering. We read in James chapter one, uh, he says, consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We can rejoice in earthly trials because we know the outcome will be to our spiritual benefit. Rejoice. We can have joy in the face of really, really hard earthly trials because we know God is working all things together for our good. We know that ultimately it's going to work out. And that's really amazing. That's really amazing. It sure, it should encourage you. It's by the promises of God that Christians alone have that sure rooted optimism that enables them to face the deepest disappointment, the most profound pain with genuine joy, genuine optimism. And so I'd say all of this, bringing it back to the the productivity perspective, right? Ultimately, evangelical Eeyores are self-sabotagers. If you're somebody who generally has a negative outlook on things, you're always looking for the bad. You're always looking for problems with stuff. You are going to be someone who gets in your own way. You're going to tell yourself, oh, I can't lose weight. That wouldn't work for me because I, you know, that works for other people for not for me. Things just don't work out for me. Or, um, yeah, other people can read the Bible in a year, but not me. That would never happen because I always end up getting sick or I always end up missing a few days and it all gets blown up, right? You will literally self-sabotage yourself if you have a pessimistic outlook on life. You're the problem. You're not being biblical. You're not being realistic. You're being completely unrealistic. Pessimism isn't realism. It's faithlessness. It's a lack of trust in the promises of God. You're saying, no, I know better than the promises of Jesus Christ. Things are really actually negative. And in this whole situation I'm currently enduring, this is not going to work out for good because uh, I just know it. Things never work out for good for me. It's like, hello, if you're a Christian, don't you believe the things that Jesus said in the Bible? Don't you believe that ultimately this is all trending somewhere towards your good? If you do, you shouldn't be a pessimist. There's ample reason to be optimistic. It's every promise that is yours in Jesus Christ is a reason to be optimistic. You will be blown away. I can tell you this from experience. Um, I, I had a formerly a very negative outlook on things. I was one of these people that uh, just didn't think things would ever work out for me. I, I never thought I'd get married. I never thought that I'd even live very long. There's like a lot of 
pessimism in my life. I don't think that way anymore. And it is something that um, I think is a result of reading, studying God's word, coming to believe it more um, as God has convicted me of things where areas of my life where I didn't believe it and becoming more and more positive in my outlook. But I, I won't sugarcoat it. It is a fight because when things go bad, if you are well-trained in those paths of thinking negatively, it's very easy to default into that way of thinking. And so I would encourage you fight that, fight that because it's not real. It's not realism. It's pessimism. Remember, again, look to the cross, look to the promises of Christ and be encouraged because what you'll find, I do believe, and this is what I found, is that my outlook on my faith, my outlook on the world around me, the outlook even on like my goals and the things that I've sought to apply myself to completely transformed when I became optimistic. When I was pessimistic, I wouldn't try risky things. I wouldn't try new things. I don't think I would have ever tried to start doing redeeming productivity full-time if I was a pessimist because I would all I would think about is all the things that could go wrong. And a lot of those things did go wrong and continue to go wrong. But with an optimistic outlook, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zero in. I'm going to highlight the things that I think can go right. And that enables you to overcome the setbacks and persevere in the face of them. And I think ultimately optimism is honoring to God. If it's optimism that is grounded in the promises of God, and that's really what I'm arguing for. So uh, I think I said this at the end um, of an episode, not that long ago, but I'll say it again. And I mentioned in this one too, but this is something I often repeat to myself. When I hear myself say something along the lines of what if things don't work out? I, I catch myself and I say, but what if they do? And I think that little twist, that little turn, you see yourself veering towards the pessimism, you catch yourself and you say, no, 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 hard left, go back. What if things do work out? Focus on the positive, focus on the promises of Christ. And if your immediate plans do all go to pot, well, you know that uh, the Lord is going to work those things together for your good as well. And that ultimately it is all going to work out in eternity when we're with Christ forever. So hopefully this episode was encouraging to you. I, I really do believe in this message of being optimistic, reasonably based in the scriptures. And um, I hope that uh, it'll be helpful for you as well. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. If uh, you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe, whether on YouTube or on your favorite podcast player. And I will see you again here next week. But until I do, remember this, in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God. <laughs>